Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Instagram and on Facebook. Delighted to be joined with me here this evening with Sean Leary and John Heenan. Sean, was making faces at me as I was doing the intro, so Sean, I'll throw it to you straight away. What's wrong? The audio isn't 100% Liam, but that's fine. That's okay. We have to roll with the punches. It's great to be here, Liam. We've gotten our extension of our, our boundaries from 5K to 25Ks. Had a lovely cycle this morning. Looking forward to the big guests in today's podcast. And um, very surprised that you've broken the rules of our, our, our great um, our great governor of the state. Okay, I don't know what rules I broke, but we'll get back to you in a second. Um, great to have you, Shani. Giggles, welcome along this evening. Thanks, Liam. I, I think the rule he's on about is Marty Alec is actually 30 kilometres away from uh, Q as, as, as the map flies. So I'll be at the start of the journey, which is only 22 k's from my house. Yeah, you're technically in breach. So if, if, if the listeners hear someone breaking in the door and bringing Liam away in chains, it's because he's broken the rules today. That's, it's all good, though, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to verify that as the crow flies. I, I don't know if you know exactly what my address is. It's as the crow flies. I looked it up. I thought I was, I was, I was safe. But if I've, if I've gone a, k- a couple of k's over, oh, you're I'm, all right, Liam. I'm happy you're to put my hands right, up. Liam, you're, okay. you're with friends here. You're fine. <laughs> I did wear my mask, though, when I got off the bike today for a break. Johnny and Giggles didn't, but I wore my mask before I was having my coffee. So I, I didn't break that rule. Um, but yeah, look, delighted, delighted to be um, on here with you this evening. We're on the cusp of hurling kicking off tomorrow, um, Saturday with Dublin and Leash. And then obviously Sunday we've got Limerick and Clare. But we've got a very special guest, Giggles. Who have we got coming on the podcast with us in a couple of minutes? We've got one of the one of the greats of the GA, Dan Shanahan, coming on. Um, we've arranged it, former club mate and teammate of my own. Um, and he's going to give his insight into, I guess, what's happening back in Ireland with the championship with COVID in general, and then also a look into who he thinks is going to triumph in Munster, who he thinks is going to triumph in Leinster, and who will win the All-Ireland, and how things will go from there. So, um, yeah, delighted to get Dan on board. Yeah, very excited. Well done, Giggles. It's been huge. Tr- it's huge, yeah. It's been three, three and a half years in the making, so he's finally come good on, on this one. So, fair play <laughs> to you, Giggles. Um, but, yeah, very excited to get Dan on. And, look, we're on the cusp of this weekend you know, kicking off, we'll talk to Dan about it now when he comes on in a second, but it's been a fairly crazy week in Ireland, back to level five, and we've seen like a number of games already called and forfeited because of COVID, so let's see if we can get out of the blocks um, tomorrow with the with the Lee McCarthy All-Ireland Series up and running, but let, let's just get Dan on the line now, we're, we're very excited, G'day GA exclusive, Dan Shanahan's Monster Leinster and All-Ireland preview. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because, like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Waterford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Waterford are my life, you know, and I, 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 love, I, love, I love my county, you know. We love Jumbaland! Well, delighted to be joined here by Dan Shanahan on the line, uh, former Hurler of the Year back in 2007. Dan, played with you for a good couple of years. Thanks for coming on the show, Dan. No problem, John. Pleasure, bye. Uh, Dan, just we, we, we might touch on the Lismore Hurling Championship first before we jump into the inter-county scene. You, you had a fairly 
a strong year um, and, a, a, and a really strong performance in all your games and probably let yourselves down in the final game against Ballygunner. Give us a bit of insight as to what happened through the year, I suppose, with yourselves and maybe then the last game against Ballygunner. Yeah, John, it's, it's been a strange championship, I suppose, with the COVID. Um, you know, I think it was a great success the way it was played this year, um, having all the games together uh, with lads around, obviously, not touring America or going playing games other places. But again, it was a fantastic way to, to run the championship. You knew your dates. You could um, treat your training sessions in Tuesdays, Fridays, match the weekends, which was fantastic. Like, you know, and we had a good year, John, to be honest. We, we got a step a step closer than last year. We got to the quarterfinal last year. We got to the semi-final this year. Like, you know, and please got next year. We put on to get to the final. But um, we, had a, we had a couple of tough games in the, in the opening rounds against Formal Water and Nungavan, like, you know, but again, I suppose that to win them games was was very important, like, you know, to get there. They, they, you can't beat winning, John, you know what I'm saying to you, like, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's easy to go training when the lads are winning after 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 winning your opening game, which which was Formal Water, like, you know, they, they did beat Nungavan previous week to that, like, you know, so they had a game under their belt. But again, we had a good, good run into the game, uh, one or two challenge games, which went well for us, and, um, Look, we, we built on that, like, you know. Um, so it was a good a good old year for Lismore. Obviously, when you're beaten by the county champions, Valley Gunner, I think it really, really targeted Lismore because Lismore were scoring for, for, for fun in the championship up to that. But with the Valley Gunner defence marched by Barry Cockley and Philip Manning, like, you know, it was hard for us to get scores. And, you know, it, it's um, for Lismore to beat Valley Gunner, you want 18 to 20 players winning. We're winning and playing well. Um, and we didn't do that, really, John. Yeah, no, I, I look, we, we were watching all the games over here. It was actually amazing to have the streaming. Um, as a club player, before yeah. I know the frustrations of the club player around around waiting for the inter-county scene. So, so it seemed to be just a great time for the club um, and the club player across the whole country in general. But I guess at the moment now, there's like us looking on here from Australia, looking on at the media, there seems to be a bit of a 50-50 split in terms of do people want the GA to go ahead, the inter-county GA, I mean, at the moment, and people who don't want to go? What, what's your view, Dan, and, and do you think it's important that it does go ahead? Yeah, John, it's... it's, it's again, I, I'm kind of 60-40. I think it's brilliant if it goes ahead, John, for the right reasons. Do you know, for, for lads playing the games, for the, the older generation, watching games on television, etc., etc. But if it goes ahead for the money side of it, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest with you. Like, you know, if they're only playing the games for the money side of it... Uh, with deals with Sky and other sponsorship deals done through the football and and, and the, the holding, uh, I just I think if it's done with the, with the right attitude and the right the right procedure for the players going into the, the COVID nineteen because a lot of them lads there you know as well like the amateur players they must get up for work Monday morning and I think it's important it goes ahead too John because it, it's great for the older people to have something to watch. Um, it gets them through the weekend on your television there Saturday or Sunday even for yourselves outside in Australia or other lads in different places to have to have live games inter-county games granted it's a bad time of the year in October you're going to have probably a game of two halves winter hurling heavier ground it suits some teams like you know but again to have something on I suppose is good but for the right reasons John not for the money reason that's yeah. my point yeah no no fair, fair point and then you've been through the COVID I guess lockdown once before and there's a famous video going around of yourself poking around with two lads in two different back gardens when you were delivering oil. What's your approach like yeah. now to this kind of current kind of lockdown coming up? What's your mindset like? Yeah, so I suppose it's frustrating, John, to be honest with you. When, um, 
like when you see somebody you go through them having oh there's more and they're, they're like ghost towns but there's more like anyway <laughs> with all the people that have got elected but um, you go through them Gavin and Walter you go through them Gavin and Walter um, they're like ghost towns we were lucky enough like when you're elite sports people can train that like I'm involved with the Camogie and we train last night and it's, it's unbelievable to get out the house John, and do something for the mindset like you know all the gyms are closed over here now HL you know you, you might laugh even go to the gym for an hour an hour and 10 or 15 minutes you clear the head you can go home and have a shower you're a new person you know now they can't do that you see that cycling the road now running the road which is brilliant to see don't get me wrong but I just don't some of the some of the the, the places that are closed shouldn't be closed if you know what I'm saying if you want to go to the gym you go there at your own your, your own your own attitude like you know bring your own thing bring your own sanitizer like that kind of stuff and you do your own thing like you know I don't think that, like, that should be closed but mental health is very important too like you know when you have young lads and middle aged lads that aren't doing that and like you know it's just not great for the head like you know and I think that it's strange over here at the moment like you know they have accepted it but they're not accepting it if you know what I'm saying to you like you know they're fed up with a whole lot now to be honest with you John and um, it's hard to blame them uh, just to yeah. be getting top of things you know that that's you get on top of things. Next minute they close these things. They're gonna. They say it'll be to reduce the volume of COVID nineteen. Next minute they go back up on Christmas, John, because they'll be all out again at Christmas. Do you know what I'm saying? To you? So we're gonna we're gonna have to live with this for 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 maybe twelve months. And uh, please God, the government have to deal with it better because it's just not suiting some businesses over here at the moment. Yeah, no, no, it's a fair, fair point, Dan, and we, we've been doing lucky crew down here in Melbourne in that it's the only bloody place in Australia that seemed to get COVID, and we're, we're about to just come out of a 14-week lockdown, and, and you're right, peop, people, it, it's such a, because it's an unknown and nobody knows what's happening, nobody knows how to deal with it because we've never done it before, is it right to lock the place down, is it not right, what's right to lock down, it, it, it's very hard to know, but I guess one one thing we've been looking forward to and praying to God that's going to go ahead for the right reasons, as you said, Dan, is the inter-county GA season because it'll give us something to look forward to every weekend. And if we start with, the, I suppose, the stronger the two provinces, Munster, uh, I'm getting a smile here from my Kikenny mate, but l- looking at the, the province of Munster, Dan, what, what's your outlook like at the start of it? Yeah, John, I think Warford have a great show. Um, I suppose maybe we can clear up here next weekend and I suppose that's a league final as well, so that, that kicks it all off. Oh, so, so it does from, from the holding side of it, like you know. And you know, I suppose a lot of, lot of managers have been given out over here that maybe they should postpone the league till next year. Like, you know, they have Limerick and and um, Clare playing next Sunday for a league title as well. I can assure you, if I was a Clare captain or Limerick captain, I wouldn't want to accept the trophy so early in the year. Don't get me wrong; it's fantastic to accept the trophy, but it's not the right way to accept it because they'd rather win Munster and the All Ireland than than win next Sunday. If you know what I'm saying, to you. But again, but again, it kicks it off. I think Limerick. I've been doing a lot, even through the COVID, they've been doing it in threes and fours to their credit. Um, they're probably the best team in the country. Uh, the best players, I think, um, a man full back, Casey's a big loss from Johnny's gone for the year. Nick Casey, so he, he's a big loss to the, to the limit. But they put someone else in there, like Noah, so they will, and, and they, 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 could, they could move them at bonus back to full back, and that's the way they play the game, because they're all in the hole and all in the, the big strong men. So I, I, I predict they'll win Sunday against Clare, who have been Brian Lowen again will have him firing but he's, he's so many big lads down Dublin's in Australia like you know John Connolly he's back from his cruises etc etc like you know so he's missing a few key players um, Brian Lowen but again um, Walker has Cork so they do don't fear Cork John to be honest with you they've been training hard Walker massive losses Parry Manny John I don't think people realise yeah. what, 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 how much a loss Parry is with, with his crucial injury like you know and He's kind of the quarterback. If you're an American football team, he, he, he dictates where he goes. He dictates goals. He's a nine out of ten man on freeze. And I'm surprised with the, the 
the publicity over here, he's not getting more of it because he's such an important player for Waterford. Uh, but again, yeah. Waterford and Cork is a 50-50 game, um, John. It's, it's, um, Cork won't feel Waterford, Waterford won't feel Cork, but it, it's winter Holland, John. Let's be honest about it. It's going to be a lot of rooks and uh, etc. But the pitches will be good, but there'll be a lot of rooks and it could be a windy day, a game or two, half, that kind of stuff, like, you know. Yeah, where where do you think um the the Watford can attack uh the Cork where where do you see the Cork weaknesses being at the moment? We all know they've got some amazing forwards, but where do you think Watford will pinpoint the Cork team in in terms of trying to expose some of their flaws? Yeah, John, you said it there. You 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 know what you're saying. Not a lot of Cork fans out there. If you watch a Cork game, Cork only find him this year next time four twenty something to four twenty something. Do you know? So I think Watford will attack the backs. They blew down with you. I think they'll go at him. I think, you know, I think Walford backs are, are strong enough. They get the man marking jobs right. Obviously, Pat Horgan is a serious sort of Seamus Hamity. But I think they have that maybe at that time. Two of their best are Cortain, Dara Fizes, Shane Fizes, like, you know, the Kevin Moans. You know, so I think they, they, they'll knock the falls in man for man. But it's up front where Walford has to attack Cork, John, to, to beat him. Um, so they have, because you watch club holding in Cork, it's very open. You know, it, it's an open game. It, it, it's high scoring games. And there's, very little defending and I think Walford will definitely try and attack the, the Cox full back line and, and to get a few goals because this time of the year if we can get a few goals on the board um, it can make it easier to, to, to be honest with you goals win matches that's, that's, the, that's the old thing but I, I just think Walford will attack Cox um, uh, Cox full back line and half back and they run at him run at him run at him because the train is uh, Walford doing I've been watching them blow John and it's all running with the ball taking the ace running with the ball in off the ball so I think they're well prepared for um for that against Cork and next Friday week. Then, uh, Sean, Sean O'Leary here, just um, uh, going from a Cork point of view, I think you're, de- you're dead right in the in things of the backs. I think we've spoken about in the show here as well about the full back and the centre back has been a real problem for Cork for the last, I'd say, at least four or five years now at this stage. But it just in terms of you're talking about Pari Gomani there, and I, I just, you, you, you kind of hit it well there explaining how, what he means to Waterford team and their loss, but do you think this is an opportunity now to um, settle down Austin Gleeson back in the number six position, or where do you think he's going to be lining out? Yeah, it, it seems to be a big question, Sean, in Waterford, where he's lining out uh, at the moment. If I'm being honest, if I was involved, um, I, I definitely have him 10 or 11. I think he's area threat, he's scoring threat. Uh, I think in, in two or three years' time, he'll be the ideal centre-back, but we have a fantastic centre-back in Ty Buck. So we have, yeah. uh, and I do think Waterford need Waterford need to push Austin up into the forwards midfield half forward line where his threat is. You know he's a big man. He, he, um, he hasn't he, he he hasn't really discovered the form maybe a couple of years ago. But he was it's not from lack of trying. He's been injured one bad injuries when he was coming good. He's a fantastic club year this year with Mount Sinai, and he's in fantastic shape. So he is he's a, he's a great lad to work with. But I just think I think Austin Gleeson maybe with Paul goes maybe number eleven. Taking on running at the centre back, running down the middle, because you, you saw the goal Sean two years ago, in, or three years ago, now, against Cork and Buckingham Crow Park, where he ran down the middle and finished the ball. And just this is just my opinion. I think he's more dangerous at, at number eleven because when he gets the ball, the shape he's in, and if Walford had to win that knock, at least he needs to play well, Sean. And if he's centre forward, I think he's more of a threat at the moment than centre back because I think they have enough backs to cover the to cover the areas. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I, I guess yeah, and. Like Austin Gleeson is kind of a guy we all we've all seen him how good he is. Like it's just noting down a position where he can settle down and, and be uh, that real threat. I think centre forward. I definitely wouldn't like to be marking him if he, if I was centre back and marking him. But uh, the other thing as well, um, Dan, you obviously involved with Derek McGrath, and, and I guess your own style of playing too was kind of you know a bit 
you know, a bit of a free roll. He used to roam around. Jesus used to give Cork Park back lines an awful time of it there in 2005, 2006 and that. But, like, in terms of the, the way the game is played now at the moment, it's obviously evolved and there's a lot more tactics involved and there's a lot more, you know, there's no six on six in the, in the back lines anymore. Do you think it's a, it, it's a good thing? Do you think it's, you know, it has evolved and it, has it changed your opinion on the way hurling should be played? Yeah, definitely. Um, Sean, to be honest, it's a very good question. I suppose when I, when I was playing, you know, it was 15 or 15 and you were left Rome away. You know, if I was on Sean Ogle going back, I'd, I'd always try and get him back on any half-back turn toward his own goal, which you're uncomfortable doing. You know, most half-backs don't like being turned to look coming out with the ball. But the game has changed. And today, he fits his credit. When he came into us, he trying to change it. I was pushing on in my own career, and this is just being honest. And he, he evolved by maybe pushing lads back and up and down the field. And I just didn't have the leg for that. I, and I was frustrated with that. But now that when I came in involved with Derek, the way the game has changed. And we're saying to yourself, Jesus, Davey was right. Like that's the way the game has gone now. And you go back to 20 years ago, the game of you could go have a few beers after the game. No, you just can't do that because it changes everything. In five years, time can be changed again. But again, the game is gone. Like you know, especially with winter hurling and all that. You probably could have seven or eight at the back and a running game. I guarantee you, Wexford yeah. play in the Minster Championship. They do run, run with every ball. I'm so is Cork to their credit. Um, I, I think positions you could you could have one back ten win forward because he's so used defensive that he'd be able to defend and attack. If you know what I'm saying, to you, Sean. So the game has has developed. Um, do I agree with it? Look, it's a hard one. Like, you know, you know, it's great when a good game of hurling is on and it's good and open, and we all love that. But again. Sometimes it's all about winning. And if, if, if you won 10 9 you play 8 at the back, so be it. Take, take the criticism, but you're still winning the game, if you know what I'm saying. But the game has changed. And even at club level now, the way Valley Gunner play, they have such an understanding. It's unbelievable. Club teams now are, are like inter county teams, to be honest with you, Sean. They have a tactic. If you don't come with something, some clubs in Warford you can go toe to toe with. But other clubs in Warford you can't. You have to develop a game plan to counteract their, their key forwards, like you know. So the game has changed. And, um, but you, you just have to change with it sometimes, like, you know. Dan, Liam here, just yeah. just on that point about how the game has changed, we've we've all seen it evolve over the last couple of years, but I suppose this particular seven, eight weeks we have in front of us is going to be quite different, and you touched on it, the winter hurling, the, the softer pitches, you're going to be playing in likely wind and rain. Do you think that we might see a bit of reverting back to some of that more traditional style because that running game in those conditions it's a lot heavier on the legs your touch your eye has to be yeah, a lot yeah. more in there's not that kind of room for mistakes do you think that we might see a slight variation just in this eight week period than we w- might normally see in your typical Munster Championship over the next few weeks or Leinster Championship for that matter yeah it's a good point Liam again like you know I suppose as you said there um, the ball to hand if it, if, it, if it doesn't go to hand it becomes a rook show what I'm saying to you and, and it's, a, it's a great point but uh, I think you, you could see it. I think I think forwards, forwards are going to work harder. I think they're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. They drift back towards on big three and I think they're going to work harder. But I can, I can assure you David Fitz will have his team running off the, uh, off the shoulder. That's the way he played at the end. Brian Cody with his new selectors and I know that TJ Galinda when he changes something. You look at TJ Reid even, even in the county in the Kikini County final was nearly went back at one stage getting the ball on the ball. I think a lot of forwards will have more freedom maybe Get, go where the ball is get the ball and deliver a fastball but I do see some teams coming in with a tactic and maybe go seven at the back you know um, using the ball using the ball the one thing about the winter horn the pitches they're playing on will be very good if you know what I'm saying to you the, the pocket creams the tourists the Gaelic are going to be good solid rounds they won't have much on them so I, I think they'll be able to play hurling but I do see 
that big man six foot three maybe on, on the edge of the square, if there's a bit of a wind there, the ball goes high into him and you get, you get your runners off and they have to catch the ball, lay off the ball. I do see that coming into effect maybe. We always call it down here, the Twin Towers, when Derek was there in charge, that took Morris and Tom Devine in the full forward. He hit him with the ball and it breaks off him. I, I, I do see that maybe come into the small bit um, this year because of the, the winter conditions. Nice one. And then the one, the one team we haven't talked about in the Munster, I guess, is Tipperary. They're in Ireland champions. Yeah, and I think yeah. they're keeping very they're, they're keeping very quiet down there, the horse. So what's your view on them? Would, yeah. would you fancy them in Munster? Or how do you think they'll go against Limerick if, if, if you think that Limerick will be clear? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 look, again, um, H, I, I think Tipperary was delighted when Limerick got beaten by Kikini last year. Let's be brutally honest about it. Um, you know, especially after being beaten in the Munster. But again, Tipperary dangerous. They're leaking. They have some forwards. They have tough backs, the matters, who, who the conditions will suit. And again, I'm a big judge sometimes on um, on club holding. Like, you know, the club Tipperary Championship was was, was tough holding. Same with the Key Kitty one. And granted, the county final one wasn't, um, wasn't as good. But you look at the, the county finals and, and club teams at the, the toughness of the size that you know. But again, Tipperary are going to be there, John. The one team, if if if, if, if Limerick get over um, clear, and they should do, and Tip lose to Limerick, uh, yeah. That won't bother them because they went through the back door, back door, back door last year. Let's be honest though, Wexford should have beaten Tip last year in the semi final. You know, they should have probably should have beaten Tip last year in the semi final. They, 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 they dug it out. And the, I always say it, the best tactician in the game, Davy Fitz, when Tip went down to 14, he couldn't counteract it. You know, so Liam Sheehy's a great man. He's great players. Seamus Cannon, the, 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 the Manners, the Bubbles, the Warrior, like, you know, they're fantastic colours. And they're big, strong men. Let's, let's not forget that. Carolyn, Dwyer, Mahers, six foot. Do you know where some of the Waffle lads are light on their feet? Some of the cock lads are light on their feet. Do you know what? You can kill lads, TJ. Do you know, Walter Welch, big men again. Uh, you, you just can sometimes, I just think the time of the year, lads, is going to suit a bigger man. Because if the ball goes to ground and the corner back, if hits a, a light corner forward, he's going to win the rook. You know, so um, it's going to be interesting, John. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So uh, before we move on to the Leinster Championship, then in a word, then who will win the Munster Championship? Oh, I think I think Limerick are going to win it, John. Um, I think Waffle will be a cock, and, and uh, so I do. I think Waffle will be a cock and get that Munster final. Uh, I think that Limerick will beat Limerick will beat him. But plus side of that, Waffle are not on qualifying. That's the plus side with Waffle and Cox. And if they win one game, they're plus. They're not on qualifying. So, well, it's harder for Clare yeah. on Limerick if they lose. But I think Limerick will win the Munster And then, o- over in Leinster, it's wide open as well, in fairness. And, and if, like, two years ago, the Munster Championship was the best championship by a mile. Last year, the Leinster Championship def- definitely overshadowed the Munster Championship. Uh, on one side of the draw, we've got Dublin versus Leash and the winners play Kilkenny. H- how do you see that side coming out, Dan? Yeah, yeah Johnny, it's a good because Leash played Dublin last year and it's going to be interesting, like, you know. So, I think Dublin will beat them. There's... You know, I think that Leash had a fantastically un- un- underrated win in last year. Like, no one's, they, they caught Dublin so they did last year. But I can't see it happen this year. Dublin are going well. They'll, they'll, they'll have a few challenges against there. Played. Like, Kula uh, would, would rattle any other club club to, uh, championship, to, to be honest with you, John. I think they are both. But I, I can't see Dublin there. They play, they play Galway in Indus. No, they play Kilkenny. Kilkenny, yeah. It's been interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. John, um, I think Kilkenny are dark horses this year for this championship, to, to be honest with you. I think they, with Brian Cody has got some great selectors in with him this year, like, you know, and he's, he's adapted himself, Brian, to, to, to open change maybe to, than he would maybe five, six years ago, like, you know, but, um, but I think Kilkenny are going 
going to be serious contenders this year, not only for Leinster, but for the All-Ireland, because they have big men in key positions. They have a fit Killian Buckley back this year. Like, you know, TJ, you know, they're, they're come off the, like, oh, oh, um, off, what's his name, the full forward off of Bally Haley. Colin Fenley. Fenley. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's an absolute beast. The worst thing you do is try and tackle him. I think you're better off leaving the man then pick the ball and shoot because you might block him because you won't stop him when he gets the ball in his hand. I, I can guarantee that. Like, you know, and I think they are big men for, for um, Kilkenny, like, you know, and I think Kilkenny would be beat we get to the Leinster final. And look, then one one question I have for you is obviously, look, we're, we're we're talking here, and we hope that all these games are going to go ahead as planned. But as we've seen this weekend, we've seen Offaly have had to forfeit their game against Kildare because of confirmed cases in the camp. Like, what's your thoughts yeah. on God forbid Corker meant to play Waterford and two or three cases in the Waterford Waterford camp the week before, and and the game is forfeited to Cork. What's your views on if the All Ireland Championship proce- proceeds on that basis, where teams are going to have to give up games because of? COVID, do you think there's going to be an asterisk after this All Ireland if that happens? Yeah, that's a very good question. Like, you know, it could be interesting too. Like, you know, if if, if if a player, a quality player goes to his manager and he's sentenced, like, you know, you know, the right thing to do is to come out and say you can't, you can't, you must isolate. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in these cases because, like, it's disappointing. Even even football, even football, it's a league round, league game system, and some teams are forfeiting games because, because of COVID. You know, because they, they, there's no. Yeah, there's nothing at stake in the football league games and they're, they're giving walkovers. What's common every case now at the moment and the footballers through their players playing into isolation or through their players. So I think it's going to happen some Holland team that where, where, where um, some key players are maybe going to come in contact with with, with the COVID situation. Like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see it again. But, but again, it's I think they should play them. They have enough, they have 28 in panels now, 30 lads on panels. Like, you know, it's unfortunate that if a good holder gets it, gets, gets the it's the COVID. But again, you have all a good horrors they haven't played. So uh, I think, I think the GAF says that the games go ahead. Um, no matter what, like, they won't be cancelling any games. If, if, if you cancel a game or you won't fulfill it, you'll be thrown out at some hearing. So I, I think it's important that the panel comes into the, the, the key here. Like, you know what I'm saying? If they still have 30 players on a panel, if someone is sick, he can't play, someone else comes in and fills the boots. Yeah, I, I'm going to go off topic here now, Dan, and I'm going to ask you a question about uh, 2019 last year. Um, just wondering, uh, when we were going to the World Games there for Australasia, uh, Giggles was telling us, or, or H, as you call him, was telling us that uh, he, you got him into shape before the World Games. I just want to know, Dan, what kind of shape did he come in and come back from Australia? Was he, was he, did you have to do a lot of work with him, or what way was he? Uh, about, I tell you what it is, uh, Sean, about five years ago, he came back in bad shape. But he came back in really good shape, actually, this year, Brian. I saw him above the field that time he was going back there a little more, but we could do with a good sharp corner forward. Like, you know, he was looking fifth, but um, no, he came back fairly good, so. But he was panting after one or two drills. That's the only thing about it <laughs> over the field. He was, he was kind of on his knees. When the contact came into the bit, like, he John never liked contact, like, you know, so um, he just loved that ball. He, 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 he around Dan, Dan Catch and passes the head, like, you know, he's finishing. Like, you know, I do all the time work and he'll take that kind of but, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and was he very vocal then? Like he loves, he loves to, he loves to hear his own voice out in the training field here, and we're playing with Gary Owen and and the, and the Gaelic pitches here in Australia. What was? I know he was very quiet with us, no trees credit. He kind of lost his host, and he was trying things that he shouldn't be trying. If you know what I'm saying, to that um, <laughs> some some stuff that TJ wouldn't try, he hate to be trying there, like he wouldn't come off it. So he'd be all saying, "Yeah, for his sake, just take the ball and lay it off or do something." You know what I mean? Taking freeze baby, he's bad side, trying that kind of stuff, but nah. He's a great last yeah. yard, like, you know, and uh, he's a big loss to the 
because we don't have the numbers in his more. They'd be losing their amount last we lost uh, to to Australia and best to look at the lads the minus are both there, but uh, we've lost a lot of lads to to, to Australia, like you know, and it, it, it's just uh, in small clubs that don't have numbers that you know yourself. He'd be, he'd be, yeah. he'd be everyone, but he's No, I can I can definitely agree with you there, Dan. He definitely doesn't like any hardship anyway. Any kind of tackling drill or anything like that, he's always blowing very hard after around ten seconds. Um but but Dan, quick, quick, quickly, Dan, just just before you go, you touched on, um, obviously, you know, Lismore and smaller parts of Ireland struggling for players. But this year, was it a lot better because you said everyone was around in Ireland this summer? No one was gone on holidays. No one was gone to America. No one had left. Did you have strong numbers this year compared to what you'd normally have around Lismore for the summer? Uh, definitely, lads. I won't tell you, like, you know. I suppose last year we had lads got off to, got to America. America is the key place, guys. When you go and you look, if you're a student and you can't have blame and you go and they put you up for two or three months to play games and you get a few pounds expenses for doing it, it's hard to refuse it because you've no work here during the summer. But because of this, this year, lads, it's been, we had, like we were a small club and we had 24 million lads training, which is fantastic. You can do a certain amount of drills, game plans and stuff with 24 lads. Were, and you're going to might have 24, if you know what I'm saying, or, or Dennis Allen might have the, the numbers. But, there's more wouldn't have the numbers and it's credit. We come and ask John, we have Capra Quinn, Shamrock, Tallow, Baidoff. They're all within a f- uh, five mile radius and they're, they're all out of intermediate senior. And to be competing with, with so close to each other, touring another club there, like, you know, to be competing there with, uh, against each other at that level with the numbers so small, it's a credit to every rural club. I'm not here for more from a week or Cockrock or Kitty Lads. It's a credit to have them. It's been fantastic to have lads around us. They couldn't go to America. The club boarding all over the country has improved. Even watching club games, lads, club championship and RT, or you'll live, you live stream and all that. Lads, uh, Rua TV here does it here in Waterford. Um, they live stream the games and people can watch them. It's fantastic. I think the club scene this year has been brilliant because you could watch the Cork championship, the Clare championship at home, etc., etc. Like you know, I think it's great for the people that you see an insight to the club team because the club player at the end of the day, lads, it's where you start your career, it's where you finish your career. And to be put playing a game in April for two two weeks, and you know if if, if a county team got to be fine, you'd have one week with your club, play two games, and you go back to your county. In days are gone for clubs because they're putting so much money into raising funds to keep the club going. You know, I, I hope I get my point across because it, it clubs the club we never is where it starts for the underage. It keeps it going to adult level, whether it's a junior, intermediate, or senior, holding off football. It's just so important that the clubs keep going. Um, that the numbers are there and oh we lost Dan oh my god we're getting back in the that's alright we'll call oh. him back here give us a sec hello um, jo- sorry about that Dan yeah. um, John never put the money in the meter for the rest of the call so he ran out of, he ran out of credit there I hate to ring you back off my phone I told you, I told you, I told you that you got to get caught I told you you get caught <laughs> <laughs> told you <laughs> oh god uh, no, I think I think Dan, you you were making your point very well there about the club. Though, but to be fair, before we we got cut off, it's it's it was it was we we were very jealous to put it to you this way, looking on to see all the club action going on at home, and you could see even in matches that there was a buzz around, and you could hear it then when you're ringing home and chatting to the old lad and and, and the mother around. Yeah. Geez, there's loads of lads up in the field, and there's a good buzz and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, if you took Tottenham Ray John to have lads in the field, well, if you play Junior B and so be it. Like we have two, we're lucky we could feed two teams this year, John and his border. And some of the lads don't want to train with the team. And that's fair enough. And they go away to play the junior game and, and they enjoy it. And that's what it's about, that. You know, go out and enjoy it and take it and take it. But it's lovely to see that the club games going ahead, lads, at certain times. There's so much time when you can play good, hard, fast, ground hurling, whatever hurling you want to play. It's just so important that the, the expense of a club now is unreal from levies, this, and to, to, to get this in and try and get to sell your tickets and. You know, so to have the clubs running is very important. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big club man, lads, to be honest with you, and I never forget where I come from, I know will, because it's where I start and where I finish. Like, you know, and I think the clubs are getting a small bit more recognition now with what happened this year, especially with the club games going on television and streaming and etc. Et 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 so, so it's fantastic for, for it to be a club player, uh, especially 2020. I know, and then look, I'll, I'll just ask you two questions rapidly before we let you go. You've been very generous with your time, but who's going to win Leinster and then who's going to win the All Ireland? You're paying me, H. I can take me time out, and you're you can send the expenses to me. Tomorrow, H. is paying the bill this month, Dan. <laughs> just give it to James there in Australia, tell it to them. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I think I think um, it's going to be interesting. I think whoever beat Limerick will win, 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 win the All Ireland. Um, uh, they were unlucky last year. Kenny absolutely counts the master and. Uh, they're the one team that can go toe to toe with Limerick after Kinney. You know, you could say Wexford who beat them in the Linster final. I think the weather was good. They really tactics perfectly right um, uh, in the Linster final. But I think I just think Limerick. I think my case is going to be a big loss at full back, but I think they're able to cope without him. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Again, I, I, I get it. Just hard, hard to read. You know that Limerick are so good. They can back horses here to Kinney Wexford. There's no talk. We haven't mentioned Conway. To be honest with you, we haven't mentioned Conway. You know, so it's, it's going to be interesting. One, one thing about Conway, they're a fine, big, strong team. That, you know, and there's no talk about them. So they'll be there about too. Like you know, uh, they'll be looking for a foul. They're looking forward to that game against Wexford, I suppose, and in, 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 in the other semi-final in Leinster. So, but if, whoever I just personally think they have everything. Their power, their pace, they can hold, and they stick to the game plan no matter how good, good or bad they're going. And I think whoever beat Limerick. Um, we have a great chance to win the Ireland. Interesting. Well, Dan, look, uh, I hope you keep safe at home. Hope the family keeps safe. Give my best to everybody in this more and, and thanks a million for your time, lad. And we'll hopefully see you in 2021 if I can get back there at some stage. Yeah, when you go to Linda and Australia, to all the Lismore people, to all the Warford people, all the Irish people, mind yourself, lads. My pleasure. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks, Dan. Mind yourself. Thanks, thanks Dan. Take care, Thanks so much. Thank you, lads. Legends. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and it's just, there's nothing like coming back there, like. The one the fancy open top bus, I think, about Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and up in the back of the lorry and off down, it's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Oh, brilliant to have Dan on there. Um, so generous with his time. Fair play to Giggles there for organising. Great to get some insight into 
know, Giggle tells us a lot about how he was in, in Lismore, how he was actually really the main man ahead of the Shanahan's and how, you know, really it was good to hear <laughs> that he was just a, a minnow in the corner and he, he used to do what he's told, which we're kind of used to over here as well. He never he never listens to anyone else, only himself. But um, he's just gone for his third bottle of stone and wood there to calm himself down because he was very excited about getting Dan on. He was very nervous now, but he can just relax there now, Giggles. You can enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> I tell you, I've, I've got that memory of Dan training me last year and he put me in a tackle group with, I think it was a young lad, Connor Howard and Morris. And I was on the tackle bag and I remember Morris hitting me three shoulders in a row and I was about to drop the bag. And I remember Dan's face and he shouted down the, road, down the field to me, come on, hey, this isn't fucking Australia now. We're no kangaroos hopping around here. <laughs> and I swear to God, for about three weeks, I couldn't sleep on my right-hand side after taking the belts. But um, the, the training standard was amazing and he's... He, his, his hurling drills are, were phenomenal, to be honest. And I know we do a lot of drills over here, and anything I, we've done, I've robbed from, from Dan, really. Um, but yeah, great, great to get loads of insight there. Huge club, man. I'd say they're delighted in Waterford with the club championship this year. Obviously, Ballygunner are so dominant, but some great performances from the Lismore team. And Dan's still hurling away at 41 or 42 coming on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've actually watched um, videos during the week um, of Dan. He's actually doing coaching courses um, in the WIT arena and in the hall. And there he did a, had a couple of drills. It's about an hour long video of him coaching kids in there. Like he's he's very infectious, you know, even in his coaching there as well. Everything is seems to be even like off the cuff as well, even though he probably is all tall up anyway. But it, it looks like he's got doing everything off the cuff and just, just spitting out whatever he, he's, he's, he's coming into his head. But it's, it's really good and like he's a real he is a real club man like you know you hear it in his voice there you know and he talked really passionately about the club um but uh yeah and then like look it the club has has gone has risen to the fore i guess which is rightly so in the game in ireland at the moment and um yeah, he spoke very well about it. That was a great interview. I'll tell you one thing. You rewind Dan Channon five or six years and throw him into a winter All-Ireland series. You, you couldn't have oh, a better yeah. man in full forward, could you, than Dan Shannon for this upcoming seven weeks. Like, he'd be the ultimate man on the edge of the square going into this winter hurling. So, he'd probably still do a job if he went down for five minutes, 41, 42 in, in late November. You never know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it was, it was brilliant to have him on. But, look, it's so exciting this weekend Dublin Leash, um, Saturday evening, that's on Sky, and then we've got uh, Limerick Clare on Sunday, we've covered it in good detail there with, with Dan, but it's just going to be great to get it up and running, great to get a bit of normality I think for Ireland as well, you know, it's going to be a tough six weeks ahead with lockdown, but hopefully the All-Ireland series can continue and kind of give a bit of bit of light to which could, could be a very, very dark winter, but um, we had some... Uh, There's no... Yeah. There's no no um confirmation yet on the testing. Remember what we were talking about last week? Like you know, yeah. Is there confirmation there is going to be testing before the games or what's no, going to so happen? Because that has to go. No. So the story, the, the current story is this: if there is a identified case, then there is rapid testing of the entire squad or any close contacts during the squad. So that's what's happened in Offaly and Wexford and other squads. There is a. Like, a a doctor, a professor, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, who's on the, we'll say the GA advisory panel, and she was asked that question, will they do, like, we'll say, preventative testing before, we'll say this week ahead of all the games? And she said, it's actually not a very efficient way of doing testing because you could test today, you could you could do a whole squad, test them all today, they all test negative, and then they go play on Sunday and someone could test positive tomorrow. You could also have false positives in the testing, yeah. which also then throws out... Yeah. We've, the, we've seen that here. We've yeah. seen that here as well. So the efficient way to do this is what they've been doing is if it, if someone identifies with symptoms, they go get tested, 
and then if that's positive or negative, that depends then if the rest of the squad gets tested. So I think that rationale makes makes sense. However, the GPA have just, as of today, gone to, the, I think it was late last night, gone to the GA, say no, they want to roll out a different series of testing now to kind of, or else the season won't go ahead. But they're kind of confident they'll be able to square that one away. So there, there is a little bit of this angst around the testing, but her explanation to me, from my point of view, kind of makes sense that you test the whole squad and all the backroom team and you get three or four false positives and then you're, you know, where do you go from there? So it, it, look, I think we're just going to see, it's going to happen. There's also a question around the close contacts because the Offaly squad, every single one of them was deemed a close contact, but under the HSE guidelines, they wouldn't have all been deemed close contact. So there's a bit of confusion over what a close contact is and how all that works. Because under a close contact, you might have to restrict your movements as compared to, you know, you might be guaranteed to have picked it up any anyway, look. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Giggles. If we just focus on the fact that there's a championship going ahead at the moment and there's too many variables that yeah. we can't control to do with COVID, right? So right now it's the championship's going ahead. Limerick and Clare, Touchwood will be played on Sunday and Dublin Leash on Saturday night. And they're two really exciting games to look forward to. I know Clare down an awful lot of players. Um, John Conlon, Peter Duggan, Podge Collins, Colm Galvin. Jesus, like they're four of the best players in the Clare team. Never mind, you know, just coming on. So Limerick will have to work cut out. But I suppose the other thing Limerick are missing as well, they're missing Richie English as well. So that's Mike Casey and Richie English from that really quality full back line. Sean Finn is the other player in, in there. So I, I think Dan's right. I don't think Clare will, 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 will win this, but you, you never know. It's a local derby. Um, I think we're, I, I think we're in for similar to the club championship where we had game after game after game and you were so excited. What is it, Liam? Eight weeks or nine weeks Liam McCarthy's going to be played off in? It's, yeah, not 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 even. It's it's going to be seven weeks, I think, all up um, starting this weekend. So to win the All-Ireland, for Limerick to win the All-Ireland, they'll have to win five games in seven weeks. If you're, if just say, clear lose on, on Sunday, they have to win six games in seven weeks. So that's, that's the yeah, ask. Yeah. So it's it's a big. I, I actually think the big thing that'll be you touched on. We've had that. We're kind of lucky. We've had this round robin system the last couple of years because it kind of prepares teams for the week after week, and we've had it in the club obviously. But six, five or six inter county games week after week in winter is a, a different ball game. You know, I think you're going to have to see. You know, Dan touched on it there. But he was touching on his point around COVID, but it's going to be a twenty four man panel that's going to win this All-Ireland series because you're guaranteed injuries, soft tissue injuries, hard ground, you know, guys pulling up sore, even Jackie Turrell's article there in the Times and Dan's point, there's going to be a lot more rucks, there's going to be, you know, dead legs, this kind of, you know, lads sore that you mightn't, there's not going to be that kind of fastball going around, there's more likely you're going to get hit. So I think it's going to be a big panel effort for whoever team comes through and it's going to be the strongest 24 are going to win and I think to Dan's point as well, Limerick are probably very well balanced with, with their panel. It's probably a a pretty strong panel, one to twenty-four. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, looking at so the club championship and the Limerick club championship, you had a I'm much sorry. depth of player, of physicality of player as well. Like, and I think he's right. Like, it's still, it's, it's, it's looking at it from afar. You'd pick out Limerick, Galway, Kilkenny. You know, has been have having you know the their championships having a big pool of physical players. Mm. You know, to go through an All Ireland series like that, which is going to be. Uh, at stage, like I know the pitches are going to be good, but at stages it's going to be it's going to be soft underfoot. Oh, anyway. guaranteed soft underfoot. Um, they're not they're not covered stadiums like so. Um, I think Dan Morris here, I think is in is going in full back instead of Mike Casey uh, for the Limerick team. But I think yeah, I think they'll have enough for um for Clare. 
Giggles, you want to come in there? Shawnee, you're Munster, Leinster and all Ireland winners before the season kicks off? Munster, Limerick, I backed them about three months ago, I think, um, already in the bookies. Um, and I think Leinster, Kikini. Um, and I think it'll be Limerick, all Ireland champions. Limerick. Liam, what's, your, gonna, what's, your, what's your placement? I'm going to go brave here. I'm going to go Limerick, Kilkenny, Kilkenny. I, I, I think... Like, I think can you do that? Yeah, nothing has been said much about Kilkenny either, I think, which is fair enough. I think Kilkenny, no matter what, are very sore after that Ireland final last year. They're very sore. They're, they haven't spoken about it since yeah. we're into this. You know, a lot of time has passed, but yeah. like Richie Hogan's come back for another year to play when otherwise he would have retired last year. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, just a, there's going to be a hunger about Kilkenny this year and they... I think we'll love this winter hurling as well. I think, you know, Brian Cody oh, yeah. will love these yeah. games. They're going to be epic, hard games. So I'm going to go, that's that's my three. Giggles, you? I'm going to go with Tip for Munster. I'm going to go with Wexford for Leinster. And I'm going to go with Limerick for the All-Ireland. Oh, nice. I think what will ha- th- happen is, I think Tip are waiting in the long grass. They're very quiet. And they might catch Limerick, especially missing two of their full back line. Limerick will regroup and come through the back door and win it. And I think... Davy again has been. I, I think my, my worry, Liam, because you know me and you have a bet on, right? <laughs> I do have this worry in the back uh-huh. of my head, and I do think it's a good chance that Kilkenny will come through and win that Ireland. So that's why I'm not putting them out there. But I, 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 I would have Kilkenny in the, in, as the kind of dark horse for the All Ireland, but I'm not picking them. I'm picking Limerick. There you go. Okay. Well, look, we've got a very, very exciting seven I weeks ahead of about us. Wexford Kiggles. That's a very good one. Wexford are going to be. Wexford are probably the best prepared county. Going into this All Ireland series, it's a oh yeah, sure. Davey's had him training since June, so they're absolutely flying it. Um, but <laughs> they did have they did have that bit of a COVID scare, which might have kind of rocked him a little bit. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they, how they come through in it next week. But look, just just before we we finish up, just to touch on we we um we had a bit of a, a tragedy in our club, Gary Owen here in, in in Melbourne last week when we lost one of our club stalwarts, Ted O'Sullivan. Um, look, Ted, and I, I'm sure this is many of the, the clubs all over the world and especially in Ireland Ted was one of our our elder statesmen in our club and had essentially been with the club for the last 40 years since he's kind of been in Melbourne and you know Giggles and Shawnee know him very well too and a lot of people listening here in Melbourne and even right across even in, in, in Sydney and in other parts of Australia have come across Ted an absolute gentleman who just loved the GEA and loved everything about the GEA and was still involved with teams with us out here which is quite unusual to have someone We'll say, you know, Ted was in his 60s, still involved coaching teams, involved with teams, he's involved with the herders, involved with the footballers. And he's just a real good club man. And really sad that we lost him. And it's similar to a lot of people learn at the moment that, you know, with COVID restrictions, you can't give him the send-off you'd love to give him. So, um, yeah, it's been a tough week here in Melbourne in that regard. But, yeah, just big shout-out to all his family who are, you know, great GA people as well. Australian-born sons who played football for Gary Owen as well. So... Um, yeah, just very sad to have. I think it's the first time it's happened for us here, the two of us, the three of us, that we've had a death in, in COVID. It's been quite hard. Yeah, yeah. And Ted, Ted was, as you said there, Liam, like, yeah, we we have to pay tribute to Ted. Ted was like, he was a he was a father figure in our, in our club. And like, we, everyone kind of played for Ted, you know, and playing, you know, when you're playing at home, you've got, you know, the older brigade up in the bank and, you know, watching you and, fellas who played for the club before but we have a very few small few of those people you know involved in our club and ten, Ted was a, spear, a spearhead figure of them I guess 
He used to be down in the in the in the grounds as well, cutting the pitches, lining the pitches, things like that. He loved his hurling and his football. You'd sit with a you'd sit after playing a hurling game with Tate and have a chat about the match and you might watch the footballers play after that as well. But like he was a kind of a fella, you know, you kind of turned to to see, you know, was he happy with, you know, how Gary Owner going, like because he was kinda, you know, a beacon figure of our club and it's it's an absolute shock to us and a tragedy like that we've after losing someone you know, so close to us. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was really, it's, it's sickening and that we couldn't even go and, you know, pay respects to them or anything like that. So, mm. you know, all, all our, our regards to, um, to Ted and, and his, his family. Um, he's a huge, huge loss to us. Yeah, I'd say, the only thing I'd say about Ted is that you know, you meet loads of people at, at GA games every single time. Some of them, you don't want to talk to them. Some of them, you like talking to every now and again. But every single time you saw Ted walking towards you, whether it was after training or after a match or at watching another match, you were just really looking forward to the conversation he was going to bring to you. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, he'd have all the knowledge about the play out here. He'd have all the, the knowledge about what's going on at home. And he was just a giant of a man. He was big in stature, you know, physically. And he had a heart of gold. And I don't think I've heard one bad word in five years since I've been out here said about him from anybody from any club. So whether you're Sinn Féin, whether you're Shamrocks, whether you're Gary Owen, whether you're Wolf Tones, Pierces, everyone just seemed to love him. Geelong, St. Kevin's. Everyone had fierce time for Ted O'Sullivan. I know he drove the football for Gary Owen for years and there was the teams back in the early 90s were called Ted's Gary Owen. He went and played for Ted's Gary Owen. Fellas signed up for Ted because they were, he was the first person they met. And to, to, to describe the shock when we heard the news, as Liam said there, it was just something that hit you because it didn't happen to us out here before. It's always very sad in, in, in a club when someone dies who's you know, part and parcel of the club. They've lined the grounds, they've done the pitches, they've done whatever. And it, it was the same here for us. And it was a it was a fucking dagger through the heart. Um, and his wife and his kids left behind, I hope, they're keeping okay and um, his best friends like Francie and Stoss is an example best friends out here for 30 or 40 years or whatever it is and, and everyone shook over it so um, look from everyone at Kadeji whatever that means but we're really going to miss Ted especially around Gary Owen for the next couple of years big time 100% and hopefully we'll be able to give a proper send off in a few weeks time hopefully his restrictions he's here in Melbourne but um, look that that's it for today's show um, we'll be back next week hopefully after watching some good games of hurling at the weekend and um, thanks so much for tuning in at G'dayGA and Instagram and Twitter g'dayga.gmail.com and we'll talk to you all next week thanks Shawnee thanks Giggles and thanks Dan cheers Liam and H